and welcome in. It is the Friday edition of the show that shakes the Southland. We are the Y'all Show. John Rawl, the General of the South. Good to be back with you here as we close out a big week here in mid-July. Hope y'all have a wonderful weekend set up for yourselves and maybe others. We only got a couple more weeks left before the kiddos go off to school. Heck, NFL football players are starting to report to camp next week, for goodness sakes. We've already gone past the All-Star Game and Major League Baseball. Wimbledon now in the books. Basically, over the weekend, it wraps up in England. So, yeah, it is essentially summertime closing down here over the next couple of days. But, you know, no reason to get the summertime blues. Let's... Let's all be happy that we're in the South and we can enjoy this great country and this great region that we live in. If you would like to reach us here at the Y'all Show, it's easy to do so. All you have to do is drop an email to us, our email address, mail, M-A-I-L, mail at y'all.com. And that is an address we check nonstop, and we appreciate the feedback that we get on that. So, again, if you've got something you want to pass along, you just send it on our merry way, and we will be glad to relay what your thoughts are here, whether it's a question or comment or anything else in between. We'll take it. Criticism is welcome as well. Mail, M-A-I-L, at Y-A-L-L dot com. On today's Y'all Show, we've got headlines from across the Southeast that we'll be jumping into momentarily. We've got sports information, the Big 12 Media Days wrapping up in the Metroplex, and we Today on the show, we're going to have some audio coming from the head coach of Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy is not happy about the Bedlam series between his Oklahoma State Cowboys and OU as OU jumps to the SEC in 2024. Mike Gundy not exactly giving us the best hope that that Bedlam series is going to continue on. I don't know why it wouldn't. Even if OU's in the SEC, they still should be able to play that series. We'll discuss all of that in our sports update of today's Y'all Show. And speaking of Wimbledon a second ago, I'm going to give you the breakdown of who's playing for the championships, both on the women and the men's side, in our sports update today. Also, in this opening hour, we're going to rewind back to Monday. We have a segment here in our first hour called I-C-Y-M-I, in case y'all missed it. And we had a great conversation Monday with Megan Headwall, our sometimes co-host, when she's able to join us. We have a great time with Megan. And boy, we had a great time Monday. And the pundits weighed in and said, that was a great conversation. So today I'm going to give you a sample of what we talked about Monday in our ICYMI, in case y'all missed it, as Megan and I talked about men competing in women's sports. And we're going to play a little portion of that conversation from Monday Later this hour, so don't miss out on that encore of that clip from Monday. Hour two today, we're going to be joined by Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. And he's got mutual funds to talk about. He's got stock market. He's got Joe Biden going off to Europe to talk about and more. All that coming in our second hour of today's Y'all Show. It's our Financial Week recap with Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. Also in our second hour today, It is a big weekend for Tom Cruise. He was just in Atlanta earlier in the week. We told you that on our Thursday Y'all Show. And one reason he was in the ATL, he's out promoting Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And we'll tell you more about this new Tom Cruise movie 
hitting theaters this weekend. It's the big release this weekend. And we'll fill you in on how Jim Caviezel's movie is still doing at the box office. All as part of our Dixie Cinema feature coming up in Hour 2. Hour 3 today, it's going to be a party. We'll get things going on the Friday Free for Y'all in Hour 3 with our David Lee Murphy party crowd sing-along. We want you to join us for that fun. Then, today marks the birth date of Oklahoma native Woody Guthrie. And we're going to tell you a little bit more about that folk singer-songwriter of yesteryear and play... I would assume his biggest song, This Land is Your Land. All that coming up in hour three of today's Y'all Show. So going to be a good, good time singing along and hearing a little Woody Guthrie music. Also in our third hour today, we've got hashtag Hullabaloo. And we have, courtesy of CNBC, an article that we're going to be discussing because it got sent to us, The Best States for Business, and it's good news for the South. So we'll have that information coming up. In hour three. Also in our show today was we wrap up more Southern sports to get to in that final hour. So that is a preview of what is coming up on this end of the week celebration of the y'all show. Let's dive into the news headlines of the day here on the show that shakes everything Southern on the y'all show. And we start off today with a Hollywood actor strike. Good news that Tom Cruise was hanging out in Atlanta because he might be hanging out there more often now that it looks like we've got a strike, a full-fledged strike. Hollywood actors have now joined screenwriters in a historic industry-stopping strike as contract talks collapsed on Thursday. Did you realize the SAG after a president was the actress Fran Drescher? How about that? Going on from the big screen and, and small screen to being the head of SAG after. The leaders of Hollywood's Actors Union voted Thursday to join screenwriters in the first joint strike in more than six decades, and that's going to shut down production across the entertainment industry. After talks for a new contract with studios and streaming services ended on Thursday, the executive director of the Screen Actors Guild and AFRTA, AFTRA, said at a news conference that the union leadership voted for the work stoppage hours after their contract expired and talks broke off with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which represented employers included, and that was Disney, Netflix, Amazon, and others. So we have a stoppage of movies, a stoppage of TV shows, a stoppage of the on-demand Netflix-type things and Apple TV and more. This is the first strike for actors from film and TV shows since 1980, and it's the first time that two major Hollywood unions have been on strike at the same time since 1960. And at that time, believe it or not, Ronald Reagan was the Actors Guild president. So a stoppage Thursday. Disney chief Bob Iger warned that an actor strike would have a, quote, very damaging effect on the whole industry. So we've got a strike, and I know the TV writers have recently struck. I I don't even know if they solved that, if, if this this is part of the same joint thing. I, I know a big part of this whole dilemma is having to do with the streaming services. The actors are pushing for more of a cut off of your Amazons and Disney Pluses, and they're, as you would expect, wanting – a bigger payday 
and picketing picketing screenwriters Thursday held up signs and chanted, pay your actors. So pay up. Now, I do find it hard to believe that some of these actual A-listers that are on big screens should out be out here striking. The amount of money that some of these Hollywood actors, like a Tom Cruise, the amount of money they get for a film for acting is really ridiculous. I'm talking really ridiculous. And it's really ridiculous the amount of money they make off of just using their voice for an animated animated movie, which we are seeing more and more and more of those things. So I know the rub primarily is with the streaming services and there being not the ratio of funds coming their way for that. I don't know if we're going to miss having the the absence of new shows being made for a while, new movies made for a while. I thought they had gotten past this. They're starting to act a little bit like Major League Baseball. Remember, baseball, more than any sport, has been using this whole strike thing for the last 30 years, and it's getting a little old. Now, thank God NFL learned their lesson back in the 80s with the scabs, and they haven't necessarily have come close to a work stoppage in the National Football League. Baseball's been guilty of it, and it looks like Hollywood and all the people involved with the unions are causing a work stoppage. And as the head of Disney said, this is not a good thing. This is not going to be something that's going to be easily recoverable because Hollywood itself still has still trying hard to get past the work stoppage caused by COVID. And now here comes something else. Completely, completely something they could have stopped if they would just use their head. And they haven't. Other headlines today. Meteorologists are now saying that Earth had its hottest record in June and July is getting hotter. June's average of 61.79 degrees was 1.89 degrees above the 20th century average. The first time globally a month of summer was more than a degree Celsius hotter than normal. The increase over June 22's record is considerably a big jump, according to NOAA. It's getting hot out there. Both land and ocean were the hottest a June has seen. The sea surface, which is about 70% of Earth's area, has set monthly high temperatures the last couple of months. I wonder what the temperature is out there in the ocean, specifically the Atlantic, because that's what they're citing here as being hotter and Looks like the Caribbean is also feeling. Now, that's scary because, of course, the Caribbean is where a lot of these tropical storms get turned into hurricanes. And the hotter that water, the more intense and awful the hurricane will end up being. Okay, here's a water temp coming in from Florida. The NOAA recorded a water temp around Florida of 98 degrees Wednesday. And near the Everglades, 97 degrees And out in California, Death Valley had a temperature reading of 130 degrees, but the water temperatures 
nearly 100 degrees around Florida right now. Now, that would feel good for a few minutes swimming around in that. But after a while, it would have to be tough. And I would assume this very hot temperature has to have an effect on the creatures out swimming in the ocean. But it's been hot. It is definitely hot. It's also been hot on Tommy Tuberville the last couple of days. The U.S. Senator representing the state of Alabama. He's been in the news in many ways for the wrong reasons as he stumbled over the, the whole white national and what white, white nationalism means when he was targeted on Monday night while being interviewed by CNN's Caitlin Collins. The senator has now rejected a meeting with U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin over the military promotions crisis. Austin, the defense secretary, a retired Army general, had reached out to Senator Tuberville's office after he'd made comments during the week that he had heard nothing from the Pentagon nor the White House over the military holds he put in place as a protest over the new military policy that provides paid leave and travel expenses for service members seeking abortions. And now, according to CNN's Caitlin Collins, the same lady that interviewed Tuberville Monday, and she's from Prattville, Alabama, and an Alabama alumnae, Caitlin tweeting Secretary Austin's office attempted to set up a call between Austin and Senator Tommy Tuberville today, but the senator's office declined, saying he did not have time for a call today or this weekend. Hmm, what is that all about? Now, Senator Tuberville should at least talk to the guy, especially after he called them out on national TV saying he hadn't heard from the White House. Well, now they're calling, and like it or not, Senator, Coach Tuberville, you're going to have to put on your headset and get your clipboard out and storm out there to the 50-yard line and figure this thing out. Tuberville told CNN reporter Lauren Fox, I've been on the run. I've been on the run. I haven't been in the office all day. I'll talk to Austin. I've got a cell phone number. (laughs) All right. Let's hope they can figure it out. But reportedly, Tuberville's been getting a lot of pressure from his own Republicans on Capitol Hill. President Biden, even Thursday, criticized the Alabama senator, saying, that he was jeopardizing U.S. security by what he's doing. It's just totally irresponsible, according to the president. Around 250 military promotions are currently on hold by Alabama Senator Tuberville. And if he keeps this up, there actually could be a hold that grows from that number all the way to 650. By the end of the year, we shall see where the hold crisis and and if they if they can figure this thing out i hope they do soon because there are people waiting to figure out hey am i going to get this military promotion or not now that's not the only time of tommy tommy tumberville news from thursday nationwide news here's some more you ready for this one after the secret service with very little effort in my opinion They decide to close the investigation of the White House and the cocaine that they recently found, the baggie discovered 
earlier this month inside a receptacle used to temporary, temporarily store electronics in the White House lobby. After the Secret Service has now closed that investigation, good old Coach Senator Tuberville comes out and makes a, I think, a pretty, pretty smart observation. Tuberville called the result of what the Secret Service's decision to end the, the, the quest to find out who left that cocaine, he called it outrageous. And then he continued in a tweet, if they wanted to find the culprit, they could drug test the entire White House staff right now. Amen. I like it. I like it. Keep it up, Tommy Tuberville. That's a great idea. And frankly, they should probably have drug tests. If they if they don't, they should. They have drug tests and all kinds of other businesses. This is this is the department, meaning the White House, and other departments too should be part of this, that are responsible for the nuclear codes, for God's sakes. These these people run the country. And somebody was doing cocaine in the White House. Somebody's probably smoking pot. I'd hate to go walking through the White House sometime and see if I don't smell the the wacky weed. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit because that stuff's so common everywhere now, even cocaine. But it shouldn't be in the White House. And whoever brought that, as Coach Tuberville called it, unacceptable. This is outrageous, he said. So pull out the drug test. You know, College football players, when Tuberville was coaching in college football, they had to take drug tests. So Joe Biden, you might want to go on over there and give us a urine sample. And Kamala, same for you. She she might be on the white stuff now that I think about it with that laugh. <laughs> Something, something's up with her. This was a tragic story from earlier in the week that we want to kind of give you an update on. Collierville, Tennessee, a doctor, Dr. Benjamin Mock, was killed inside the Campbell Clinic of which he worked. And this was a tragic thing. He was, somebody walked in, asked for him, and then shot and killed Dr. Mock inside an exam room at the Campbell Clinic in Collierville, Tennessee. And we're now finding out more about the details of this killing as police found the doctor with a gunshot wound in his neck, another in his chest, and a third in his upper abdomen. They have arrested a man named Larry Pickens, and they ended up finding him walking on Poplar Avenue in the Memphis area. He was carrying a backpack with a pistol in it with an empty chamber and two empty magazines. And now the 29-year-old Pickens is being charged with first-degree murder and aggravated assault. Still, to my knowledge, trying to figure out why this guy walked into, I think this guy was an orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Mock, and why he went in there and killed him at this healthcare clinic in Collierville, Tennessee. This story, tragic as it is, just helps explain, are are we going to have to have even more security at places like doctor's offices? Was this a completely random incident of a guy walking in, or did he have the doctor as a a doctor of his details certainly forthcoming, but a, a just horrible story 
out of the Memphis area this week. And our last headline of the hour to tell you about here on the Y'all Show is the wife of R&B singer Usher. <laughs> she's a fashion designer named, she's, she's the ex-wife, I should clarify. Tamika Foster is the ex-wife of Usher. And she's now going out calling to drain Georgia's largest lake, which is Lake Lanier, northeast of Atlanta, around Gainesville, Georgia. That's where her son was fatally injured 11 years ago. And now Tamika Foster has collected more than 2,500 signatures in an online petition asking officials to drain, clean, and restore Lake Sidney Lanier to allow for safety improvements and for the removal of hazardous debris and other obstructions. Back in 2012, her 11-year-old son, Kyle Glover, he died after a personal watercraft stuck, struck the boy as he floated on an inner tube on Lake Lanier. This lake, which is formed by the Chattahoochee River flowing through that portion of northeast of Atlanta, provides drinking water for about 5 million people, according to the Chattahoochee Riverkeeper Conservation Group. And it's a very, very high-trafficked lake, I mean, especially in the summertime. There have been hundreds of boat collisions in the past three decades, and there have been, according to the Georgia Department of Natural Resources, more than 170 boating and drowning deaths over the course of about 25 years. And again, back many years ago now, 2012, the son of, (coughs) excuse me, the son, Kyle Glover, of Tamika Foster, fashion designer and the ex-wife of R&B singer Usher lost his life at 11 years old when he was out there just having fun on the lake. And here comes a personal watercraft that came and struck the guy, the young man out there on the water of Lake Lanier. Just a, a tragedy. Hard to believe that Lake Lanier is the largest lake in the state of Georgia. It was built back in the 1950s and it's named for the poet Sidney Lanier. Have you heard of Sidney Lanier? He was a poet, author, and was once a a blockade runner as he served in the Confederate States Army as a private and then went into blockade running. The modern day, at that time, Rhett Butler. Born in Macon, Georgia, Sidney Lanier ended up getting into the written word and died in 1881 in Lynn, North Carolina, at only 39 years old. Poet, musician, Sidney Lanier, and they named this lake northeast of Atlanta after him. I know back when they were trying to come up with a name for this lake in the 1950s, a very strong contender for it was Bobby Dodd, the Georgia Tech football coach. They wanted to name it Bobby Dodd Lake. But because of the rivalry between Georgia and Georgia Tech, it was decided to not name it after Bobby Dodd. And instead, Lake Lanier was born. And I'm happy to say that that this poet, who would have only been about 22 years old when the Civil War was going on, they still have something named after a Confederate, thank God, in the state of Georgia. It might be a lake. 
But this, this lady here wants to make that lake go away. Unfortunately, I don't blame the lake for that. That's not the lake's fault. It's just a, a tragedy and a, a reminder that as boaters and people out on the water this time of year, you have to be diligent to be extra careful and, and watch out for others. So we'll keep an eye on what, if anything, develops out of that story from the state of Georgia. We'll take a break and come right back. We've got a sports report to tell you here in this opening hour of the conversation that we have each and every day all about the South. We are y'all, powered by y'all.com, the South's homepage. We'll be right back. We want to hear you here at Super Talk 93.1 on shows like The Y'all Show, The Patriot Pastor, and The Frankie Lack Show. We've got a text line that you can text us and participate in the program. That number is 731-410-7560. And the Super Talk 93.1 text line is powered by See Me Tree Service. They are a West Tennessee-based company, and they will help you with any of your tree removal problems, tree trimming, tree elevation, pruning, tree topping, stump grinding, and more. They're a small family-owned business that's licensed and insured, and you can call See Me Tree Service for a free estimate. Call them at 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. For all of your tree removal or tree issues going on, give them a call for that free estimate. 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. Powering the Super Talk 93.1 text line. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. But a little over a year ago, we realized she couldn't take care of herself without our help. And, well, how could I not be there for her? I had no idea how hard it would be and just what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and, even for me, ways to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics that got me started, but also information about the hurdles I was facing in this new role. I could even connect with experts and hear from others who had been in my place. I know this road we're on isn't an easy one, but I'm really happy to have the extra help for her and for me. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. This message is brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Everything Southern, and this is a Southern Sports Blast 
for this opening hour of our Friday edition. And back to Athens, Georgia we go with more off-field news stories coming out of the Georgia Bulldog football program. Victoria Bowles, she survived a fatal car wreck that killed a UGA football player and a recruiting staffer back on January 15th. Bowles has now filed a lawsuit against the UGA Athletic Association and a rookie player for the Philadelphia Eagles, who was taken in the first round, by the way, by the Eagles, Jalen Carter. Police accuse Carter of racing the SUV being driven by a recruiting staffer when it wrecked. This lawsuit filed in state court in Gwinnett County, Georgia, filed this week by Bowles, a recruiting analyst for UGA, and she accuses the UGA Athletic Association of negligence and contradicts public statements by Bulldog football coach Kirby Smart and other officials who've claimed that Chandler LaCroix, the lady killed alongside that football player for Georgia, she's saying that her claim contradicts what Kirby Smart and other officials have said about LaCroix, who shouldn't have been driving the least SUV when it left the road and struck trees and utility poles. This crash occurred just after Georgia celebrated its 2022 national championship back in January. They celebrated inside Sanford Stadium, and then hours later, after an on-campus parade and other activities, this wreck happened in the early morning hours. And after the wreck, the Athletic Association, according to this suit, uh, issued a statement that said in part that rental vehicles were to be turned in at the immediate conclusion of recruiting duties. And the lawsuit now saying that on the evening championship of the championship celebration, LaCroix told Ms. Bowles that she had permission to keep the SUV until tomorrow. And numerous text messages from recruiting staff supervisors to LaCroix, Ms. Bowles, and other staff members show that the association's statement is false. Recruiting staff were regularly informed they could leave their personal vehicles overnight at the Butts Mare football facility and permissively use association rental vehicles through a specified cutoff date and time. The lawsuit alleging that the Georgia Athletic Association was negligent and allowing LaCroix to drive the SUV during her duties. And Bowles' lawyer contend that athletic officials were aware that LaCroix had at least four speeding tickets, which included two super speeder violations under Georgia law. The lawsuit also claims that the late LaCroix's supervisor was in the car when she received her most recent super speeder ticket back on October 30th while driving home from the Georgia-Florida football game in Jacksonville. The lawsuit said LaCroix's SUV was traveling at least 104 miles per hour when it crashed, when it had been racing another SUV driven by this Philadelphia Eagles rookie, Jalen Carter, who was just finishing up his career at Georgia back in January playing in that national championship game. And according to the lawsuit, LaCroix and Carter were racing Police said LaCroix's blood alcohol concentration was .197, which was two and a half times the legal limit in Georgia. So an ugly, ugly affair continues within the Georgia Bulldog program. And as great as it was winning a national championship, we have more drama coming from UGA. In fact, they just had 
someone in the athletic department resign this week. I'm trying to see if I can't pull that story up. One of the assistant ADs stepping down. I think the excuse given or the reason given was that they had some personal health issues, something along those lines. But a lot of drama coming out of Butts Mare in Athens, Georgia. This weekend, Wimbledon wraps up, and we now know who's going to be in the finals when that gets played Saturday. It'll be Markita Fondorosnova. She is, I believe, that is uh, Croatia. I think that's her native country. Let's see if I can't confirm that. Or it might be Czechoslovakia. I'm tr- yeah, she's from Czechoslovakia. She's a 24-year-old left-hander out of the Czech Republic. And she's going to be going up in the championship at Wimbledon against Ons Jabur. Ons Jabur, the sixth-ranked tennis player on the women's side and out of Tunisia. So how about that? I, I guess that would be an African. We've got an African tennis player out of Tunisia, North Africa. And uh, we'll find out when they have their championship on the grass of Wimbledon, the women's singles all set for this weekend. As far as the men's bracket, it's going to be high-octane tennis there at the old English club in London. When they get together, the men still have a ways to go. They'll be, depending on when you are able to catch this, they're, they're down to their semifinals. One of those semifinals include Novak Djokovic as he's in the semifinal. I expect him to play in the uh, men's finals when it gets held Sunday. But tennis now with its sort of uh, top weekend, in my opinion, of the year. Some would say the U.S. Open around Labor Day is a, a bigger deal, but I, I, I like Wimbledon. I do enjoy watching tennis on grass. That's pretty amazing to see out there. Major League Baseball, which is just coming off of its all-star break, has now announced that the Dodgers and the Padres are going to play Major League Baseball's first regular season games in South Korea. And that will happen in Seoul, believe it or not, in March of next year. March 20th and 21st will be the dates that the Dodgers and Padres get together. Also, more international play. The Astros and Rockies are going to play in Mexico City April 27th and 28th. So, we have all types of fun going on. In fact, there will be another international game in addition to Mexico City and Korea. You've got a two-game series going on between the Mets and Phillies June 8th and 9th, and that's going to be in London. So you and, and some spring training games are going to be going on in the Dominican Republic between the Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays. But baseball taking it beyond the borders in 2024 in a big way. Now, baseball also announcing Thursday the 2024 schedule. And every single one of the 30 Major League Baseball teams are going to start play on March 28th. The only interleague matchup of that opening day will be the Cubbies. They'll be in Arlington to take on the Texas Rangers. As the schedule released Thursday, Thursday, it's going to be a fun time to see all games played on the same day. And this announcement Thursday 
comes seven weeks earlier than last year's announcement of the schedule. So that was sometime maybe in September when they announced the 23 schedule. So you can make your plans accordingly. So among the opening day matchups of 2024, (laughs) you got in the American League, the Angels at Baltimore, Detroit at Chicago, White Sox, the Yankees and Houston get together in H-Town and Toronto and Tampa Bay get together. NL games include St. Louis at L.A., the Dodgers, that is, Pittsburgh's at Miami, and the Braves will be taking on the Philadelphia Phillies to open up the 24 opening day on March 28th, which is a Thursday in 2024. So get ready. By the way, <laughs> if, you, if you can't wait till next year for baseball, I will tell you that now after a couple of days off for the All-Star break, here's a quick lineup of some of the games being played on this Friday, July 14th. The series this weekend include Phillies hosting the Padres. You got the Toronto Blue Jays and the Red Hot Arizona Diamondbacks getting together up north. The Mets have the Dodgers coming in to NYC this weekend. Braves have an interleague matchup with the Chicago White Sox. The South Siders coming to the South this weekend. Rangers and Guardians get together. The Cardinals have the Nats coming in to St. Louis. And the Angels have Houston. And the Oakland Athletics have the Twins coming out to Oakland Coliseum. And that's a quick look at some sports happenings for this weekend. We will come right back on the Y'all Show. Wrap up this hour with a ICYMI in case y'all missed it. We're going to rewind back to Monday when Megan Headwall was with me, and we talked about (laughs) men competing in women's sports. You don't want to miss out on that conversation, and we're going to have that conversation when we come right back. Don't forget, you can email us here at the program anytime, mail, M-A-I-L, at y'all.com. We look forward to getting your feedback here on the show that shakes the Southland. Hey y'all, Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires. Which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So, for the love of the outdoors, go to smokybear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Let's get crazy! In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in too. Just so you know, in real life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in! Come on! Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
If there ever was a perfect night, this just might be the one for telling you the way I feel and just how real we've become. If I'm anxious and a little uptight, it's because I wanna ask you this right. If I never stop loving you, will you never start wanting me to? Say you want, and that's what I'll do. For forever with a heart so true. If you'll start and end every day, forever never wanting me to go away. All I'm ever gonna always do. And we're back on Y'all, where we accentuate the South each and every day. We're powered by Y'all.com, the South's homepage. And at Y'all.com, you can find podcasts of this show. You can also find the Y'all Show podcast absolutely free. You can download it for free at Spotify, also the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app. Apple Podcast and Apple iTunes. Search Y'all Show and you'll find us. And if you go back to this Monday's show, we had a great conversation with Megan Headwall as she joins us several times a week, and we enjoy having her. Go back to the July 10th episode, and Megan was on helping us talk about men competing in women's sports. We had several people contacted me, and, and they said, man, I love that conversation. I want you all to go back and hear the whole podcast. So I just told you how you could listen to that July 10th podcast on those different options. But right now, I'm going to give you a little sample of what exactly Megan was talking about when she was talking about men competing in women's sports. you got to be kidding me. I don't know, but I am okay with men competing in women's sports in one instance, and that is if we can place bets. Because how great would it be to say, yes, I'd like to uh, bet on the woman with the size 13 shoe and put two grand down? You're going to make a lot of money that way. (laughs) So... Do you have a problem with women in men's sports? You know, a friend and I had this conversation, and his take on it is, because you don't hear an outcry of women competing against men. Um, His view on is women who are transitioning take testosterone, which is an enhancement, versus men taking estrogen. But the thing is, is a lot of these men or these boys who are transitioning um, they've already gone through puberty so they already have the advantage of you know male bone density the muscle mass they have a longer wingspan bigger hand size so I mean you can argue oh they're taking these things and detransitioning or whatever you want to call it but it's not going to change who you are and a hundred years from now if someone digs up your bones they're not going to be able to say oh this was a man who became a woman they're just going to see this was a man so pretty astute wouldn't you say that from Megan Headwall again that was from our July 10th show that you can go catch in podcast form on various options and check out that whole conversation on our topic of men and women's sports and that will wrap up this hour of the y'all show our opening hour we've got two more hours of southern greatness coming your way so make sure you hang on for that here on the y'all show because we're going to have packaged here more conversation about news and sports 
and culture, and we've got music coming up too. So hang on. We'll be right back. We want to hear you here at Super Talk 93.1 on shows like The Y'all Show, The Patriot Pastor, and The Frankie Lack Show. We've got a text line that you can text us and participate in the program. That number is 731-410-7560. And the Super Talk 93.1 text line is powered by See Me Tree Service. They are a West Tennessee-based company, and they will help you with any of your tree removal problems, tree trimming, tree elevation, pruning, tree topping, stump grinding, and more. They're a small family-owned business that's licensed and insured, and you can call See Me Tree Service for a free estimate. Call them at 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. For all of your tree removal or tree issues going on, give them a call for that free estimate. 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. Powering the Super Talk 93.1 text line. Welcome back to another hour of Southern Conversation here on Y'all. This is the program that puts the South in your mouth. The general of all things Southern. That is my name, John Rawl. And we've got more headlines coming your way in a moment. Plus, later we've got Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group stopping by as he stops by each Friday and gives us a recap of what's been going on on Wall Street and how your pocketbook might be affected by the goings-on there on Wall Street in New York City, plus the other financial happenings of the week, all from Paul. Paul will be here, y'all. Hair Financial Group, Paul Hare, coming up. Also, before we get out of here this hour, we've got a look at the new movies hitting the theaters this weekend. There's really only one major one, and I'll tell you about Tom Cruise's latest film, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. That's coming up in our Dixie Cinema Spotlight later this hour. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you here, y'all. Our email address is mail, M-A-I-L, at y'all.com. That's M-A-I-L at Y-A-L-L.com. And then we've got our the 24-7 text line that you can reach us for all of our listeners and podcast listeners, 615-208-4184. Let's dive into today's news headlines while we have a moment, a moment for Paul Hare, again, of the Hare Financial Group, comes by with his great report. Picking up our headlines from across the South today. First of all, I, I mentioned Tom Cruise, and he's got this new movie out. There may not be any new movies being filmed for quite some time because there's now a Hollywood <laughs> actress joining screenwriters in a strike. And this was announced Thursday out on the left coast. It's the first time, I think, since the 1980s that the 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 actor actual actors have now gone on strike as the Hollywood Actors Union voted 
to join screenwriters for the first joint strike in more than six decades. And that's going to shut down production across the entertainment industry after talks for a new contract with studios and streaming services ended up breaking down. The head of SAG-AFTRA is the former nanny star, Fran Drescher, and she said, in a quote, employers make Wall Street and greed their priority, and they forget about the essential contributors that make the machine run. Shame on them. They are on the wrong side of history. That from Fran Drescher, president of SAG-AFTRA. This is the first strike for actors from film and TV shows since 1980, and it's the first time that two major Hollywood unions have been on a strike at the same time. And that's when, back in 1960, Ronald Reagan was the Actors Guild president. But again, as of Thursday, Hollywood actors now teaming up with screenwriters who've been on strike in a industry-stopping strike. Now, some executives, like the head of Disney, has come out and said, this is going to really hurt. It's going to really hurt things. That's that's the opinion of the the big guys there in Hollywood. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a stoppage right now. So your favorite film or TV show will definitely be affected if you're waiting for it to come out, if it's in production or scheduled for production in the near future. The week of Tommy Tuberville continues. The U.S. Senator from Alabama, he's been in the news a lot because Monday night he was on CNN with Caitlin Collins, Caitlin Collins on The Source, her show in primetime there. And on that show, she was interviewing him, and she had him talk about white nationalism, and he kind of stepped on a landmine, ended up backtracking Tuesday, and that's been a, a major problem for the U.S. Senator out of Alabama, the Longtime college football coach for Auburn and Mississippi and Texas Tech and Cincinnati and wherever else he coached in his long football career. Now he's coaching up the U.S. Senate. But one of the things that Tuberville in that Monday night interview with Caitlin Collins said that he's kind of been holding promotions with the military. He's been holding them up because he's mad about how the military is paying for people to go get abortions in other states now. And so as a retaliation for that move by the Defense Department, Tuberville has been sitting on promotions that U.S. senators have to vote on for our active military. There's actually right now not a official U.S. Marine Corps commandant because they're waiting on Senate confirmation. And... Tommy Tuberville is the reason that's happening. One of the things that Tuberville mentioned in that interview Monday night was that he had not heard from the White House or the Veterans Administration or the Defense Department. He, he really hadn't heard from anybody, he said. Well, turns out that CNN's Caitlin Collins has put out on social media that, indeed, the Defense Secretary... Austin reached out to Senator Tuberville to try to set up a meeting or at least a phone call about the military nominations. But Tuberville's office declined that opportunity, saying he did not have time for a call today or this weekend. Tuberville then comes out and says, hey, he's got my cell phone number. We can talk. I don't know where that's going to go. But Tommy Tuberville 
coaching them up there in Washington, D.C. Now, more Tommy Tuberville news to wrap up the week here on this Friday edition of Y'all. So the cocaine controversy that's been going on about two weeks now in the White House where they found a cocaine baggie, if you will, and on Thursday, the Secret Service essentially comes out and says they're going to close the investigation due to a lack of physical evidence. And that ticked Tommy Tuberville off. He goes on social media, on his official at Senator Tuberville account, but it's actually his name on that account is Coach Tommy Tuberville. So I guess he goes by both Coach and Senator officially. So I like to call him Coach because I think he likes to be called Coach. And he can stand out from everybody else in D.C. because he's the coach. There's plenty of senators. He could be the coach. So Coach says and about the Secret Service's decision to stop the investigation, quote, this is outrageous. If they wanted to find the culprit, they could drug test the entire White House staff right now. <laughs> Amen. That from Tommy Tuberville, y'all, your U.S. senator from Alabama. No word yet on if they're going to take him up on that offer to start testing White House staffers. That that would be something else if, if indeed that happened in Washington, D.C. Mm. Moving along, shall we? Elsewhere across the headlines of the South today, the Louisiana Department of Health reminds the real, the people of the South, frankly, not just in Louisiana, to take precautions against mosquito bites because people can get exposed to the West Nile virus, WNV. Last year, the state of Louisiana experienced 41 West Nile neuroinvasive disease cases. Seven people died in the state of Louisiana last year because of mosquito bites. West Nile virus is spread by mosquitoes and can cause illness in people and animals. Now, 80% of human cases are asymptomatic, but many people can develop West Nile fever. And if you're not sure what West Nile fever is, symptoms include a flu-like illness, fever, headache, body aches, nausea, and or rashes. And even a small percentage of people that get West Nile virus can then develop a severe form of infection called West Nile neuroinvasive disease or the West Nile encephalitis. And that can result in a hospitalization or at worst, death. Now, symptoms of that West Nile encephalitis include high fever, if you're having problems with a stiff neck or disorientation, perhaps you've got some muscle weakness going on, numbness, or if you go into coma or paralysis, those are certainly signs of this West Nile developing into an encephalitis form. The symptoms may last several weeks and can carry the risk of death or permanent brain damage. This is nothing to sneeze about. Mosquitoes kill. I think they are the most, I heard something about this. They've caused more deaths, mosquitoes, than just about anything out there, give or take. I'll, I'll have to back it up. From all of the yellow fever cases and, and even, I'm not sure that the 
Spanish flu outbreak didn't have something to do with mosquitoes. Within the last, uh, just to give you an idea of what's going on here this year, within the last two months, there have also been locally acquired cases of malaria. And that's been reported in Florida, four cases there, and they've had they've already had one case of malaria being reported in the state of Texas. Now, Louisiana hasn't had any malaria cases reported as of yet, but there are certainly with this time of year with the heat and we've got rain in a lot of cases, you got to be very careful. Malaria is a serious and potentially fatal disease. Symptoms of malaria include fever, chills, headache, fatigue, nausea. If you feel nauseous, vomiting, maybe diarrhea. And then if malaria gets into a life-threatening stage, you might see mental problems. You might have seizures, renal failure, perhaps acute respiratory distress syndrome, and coma. You might fall into a coma with malaria. So we want to remind you, thanks to the story out of Louisiana today, no matter where you are in the South, you can find yourself a mosquito close by at some point. To protect yourself against skeeters, if you're going to have to be outside, you should wear EPA-registered approved mosquito repellent, which will allow you to go out and do the tasks that you need to do. Make sure you do follow the product label instructions. Also, if you're going to have to protect yourself against mosquitoes, apply a repellent on exposed skin and clothing, but please do not apply under your clothes or on broken skin. So those are important aspects. Also, if you will be outside for an extended period of time, you might want to consider a travel size container of repellent that can easily be carried with you. Smart, smart, smart there. If you're going to be applying sunscreen and you need some kind of protectant against mosquitoes, apply the sunscreen first and then the insect repellent second. That makes a lot of sense. And you want to protect yourself from being exposed to mosquitoes while indoors. Make sure that windows and doors are tight-fitting and that all screens are free of holes. Those, again, tips on how to protect yourself against mosquitoes if you're going to have to be around them outside. Now, what if you're concerned about just protecting your home, whether it's for you or, or you just don't want mosquitoes coming into your house? Well, some tips on that. You can reduce the mosquito population by eliminating standing water around your home, which is where mosquitoes breed. So please, I want to take a tour. When's the last time you took a tour of your house? Go around and be objective and see if you don't see places where there's some standing water. And if so, you need to get rid of that because that's where a mosquito is likely going to breed. Also, make sure that you uh, dispose of tin cans ceramic pots and other unnecessary containers that have accumulated on your property that may collect water, probably outside. You want to turn over your wheelbarrows, any kind of bucket or trash can, children's toy that will be outside, anything that's going to be able to get some water in it. That just is a safe haven for mosquitoes to try to colonize and breed there. So get rid of it. If you got to have a outdoor recycling container and it already doesn't come like this, 
go out there and drill holes in the bottom of your recycling container. If a recycling container has holes on the sides, there's still room for the container to collect water for mosquitoes to breathe. So holes could be added on the bottom if you don't already have that present. That's a great idea. Again, drill holes in the bottom of your outdoor recycling container to help get rid of some standing water that's going to some, some not just standing water, some nastiness out of your trash can, for goodness sakes. You want to make sure that's gone, gone, gone whenever you're looking to get rid of any kind of mosquito problem. And then also want to make sure you check and clean your roof gutters routinely. Clogged gutters can produce millions of mosquitoes each season. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I can fondly recall going up to my grandmother's house a couple of times a year and having to help her clean those gutters out. We didn't have that problem at my my own home. But my grandmother did have the thing that collected leaves. And for whatever reason, hers would clog up. And I'd go help her out. And she'd give me a bottled Coke. And maybe a couple of dollars now that I think about it. But the main thing is I got to hang out with my grandma. And that's always a good thing when we could do that, right? Also, if you got water gardens and ornamental pools... They can become mosquito producers if they're allowed to stagnate. So you want to take steps to prevent stagnation, such as adding fish. Hey, add fish or aeration to those water gardens and ornamental pools. And then if you've got a swimming pool, clean and chlorinate the swimming pool that's not being used. A swimming pool left untended by a family for as little as a month can produce enough mosquitoes to result in neighborhood-wide complaints. So be aware that mosquitoes may even breed in the water that collects on swimming pool covers. How about that? Yes. And I'm sure you might have even already seen one of these things going up and down the highway. I want, I'm going back to, to childhood here. I lived in the country. I lived proudly in the country. But I still remember maybe once or twice a summer, You'd hear this unusual sound going down the highway, usually around sunset. And it was a big truck, but it was going slow. And what it was was a truck that was spraying mosquito spray. I guess the county, in this case, had mosquito trucks going out spraying. And I guess we still have some of that if if the EPA allows such a thing to, to go on. But it was that... It was that sound. I mean, they just those mosquito trucks have a certain sound unlike anything else. I mean, going back to childhood, like many of you, not too many things if you live in the country <laughs> stood out sound-wise <coughs> from vehicles. Mosquito trucks were one. The ice cream truck, when it would ever come around, now that stood out too. And I haven't heard the sound of an ice cream truck come to think of it this summer. That needs to change. In fact, I just need some ice cream, to be honest with you. But those are some good points again. Mosquitoes, this is their time to shine here in the middle of the summer. And we want to make sure you protect yourself against mosquito-borne diseases. You can go to the website katc.com. They have a story up right now that you can link to and get much, much more information on mosquito issues going on in the South and how you can protect yourself and others. Now, let's wrap up our headlines across the southeast with a little real estate talk. Pat Dye, the former head coach of the Auburn Tigers, 
His now Crooked Oaks Farm belongs to Auburn University as the 415-acre Crooked Oaks Farm has been donated to Auburn University. War Eagle. Auburn's College of Forestry, Wildlife, and Environment and the Auburn University Real Estate Foundation has accepted the gift of Crooked Oaks Farm. Auburn plans to continue its operations as an event venue while expanding its use for student instruction and the community outreach. The 415-acre farm includes Pat Dye's main house, a guest cabin, a lodge, a pavilion, a gazebo, two barns, and how about this, a nursery office. Pat Dye, the former Georgia Bulldog, as a player who turned into an Alabama assistant under Bear Bryant and then went on to be a longtime coach at Auburn, coaching on the Plains from 1981 to 1992, led Auburn to four SEC championships. Dye died at the age I don't know if he was 82, 83, somewhere in that time. He died in 2020. His longtime partner and a retired nursing educator at Auburn University, Montgomery, Nancy McDonald, said the timing was right to make this gift to Auburn. And so what a nice, nice gift. Pat Dye began developing Crooked Oaks in 1998, and was making improvements out there until his death. It has ponds, pastures, and woodlands. And I'm thinking I, I went there. I know I went to some place that Pat Dye owned on a Alabama tourism convention that was held at Auburn 15, 20 years ago. And and Pat Dye, not only was he there, and I got a chance to say a few words to him, but at the same time that Pat Dye was there, they brought in the live bald eagle that flies into the stadium. Challenger, maybe? I may be getting my my birds mixed up. But, uh, yeah, they had like a couple of buses full of people went out to Pat Dye's place, and I had a chance to say hello to him and see him there at his place. And See, the reason I'm not totally sure, I'm not sure he didn't have more than one place around Auburn. Because when you're a college football coach, even in the 1980s and 90s, you do pretty good financially. And people, the crazy thing is, people give you stuff. Land when you're a college football coach at a major school. How do I know? Trust me, I know. In fact, it may still be the case. The rival of Auburn is Alabama. And y'all could go check on this. I bet you it's still the case. Green County is south of Tuscaloosa in West Alabama. And for many, many years, if it's not still the case, the largest landowner of that county was Bear Bryant. Now, that's been passed down to his son. But what happened was some of those landowners in that county, which was extremely rural in that portion of West Alabama, they'd give Bear Bryant land if they won a ball game. And that happened at other schools. Heck, I know a guy that gave Tommy Turberville Land in Oxford when he was coaching at the University of Mississippi. And guess what? Tommy Tuberville left him in the middle of the night to go to Auburn. I wonder if he gave him his land back. No, he didn't. How do I know? Trust me, I know. I, I wonder if he's still got that land. He could come in handy right now because he, he might 
get kicked out of Washington, D.C. soon as the U.S. senator. And, uh, yeah, people have long, long given coaches gifts, including land. And if I'm sitting there thinking about it, I'm sure they've gotten a lot more than land. That That's the way it goes. What's disturbing as a society is sometimes we give people who have the means themselves the gifts and the attention that they don't really need. Why is it that people want to give celebrities a free meal, a free shirt, a free vacation? They have the money. And I guess they glad I've never been a big celebrity. I guess they gladly take it because maybe it, if they don't take it, it's like an insult to the people trying to give them. This is stuff that we'll have to figure out here on the y'all show. Why does this happen? But Pat Dye doing the right thing there with that property in Auburn, giving it to the university. War Eagle, sir, the late Pat Dye. Well, that wraps up our news headlines here for hour two. When we come back, we're going to switch over, and Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group is going to be joining us as he's got something to say about the week that we've just gone through on Wall Street, or should we say Y'all Street. We'll talk about all that with Paul, and we will also find out how you might want to get involved with Paul and find out what he can do to help you because Paul knows his stuff when it comes to money. So we'll have all that. Plus, before the hour is up, we will have our Dixie Cinema Spotlight. That's where we will show you and tell you more about the new Tom Cruise movie that's out this weekend, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. All of that is coming up on the show that covers the South. Y'all.com presents The Y'all Show. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go. Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high Baby, you're the apple of my eye Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank Honey, your love's better than money in the bank we are back on the show that shakes the Southland. I'm John. This is the Y'all Show. Thank you so much. Time now for our weekly look back at what's going on on the markets and other things financial. We welcome in from the Hare Financial Group, Paul Hare, to help us with our financial week talk. Hello, Paul. How you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing good. Can't complain. So things are going well. Are things going well for you personally and with the markets? Well, both. Yeah, both are going well. I can't complain. I mean, you know, the market, of course, we're still trying to figure it out. We're starting, uh, we are now in the second uh, second half of the year, and we said that we would start seeing some leveling off and probably some growth in the uh, second half, and I think that's what we're seeing. Uh, it, we're still in that paradox. I mean, you know, uh, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. Quoting there a little tale of two cities. Um, we're looking at where we get a good jobs report. Well, 
That means the Fed's going to raise interest rates, the market reacts in a negative fashion, and we have the market go down. And then now we're having the rebound because we're getting still some good news. The biggest concern we're seeing right now is going to be a credit crunch, uh, mainly for small businesses and uh, probably some mid-sized businesses. are going to see a little bit more of a credit crunch, uh, and that can affect a lot of things such as interest rates. Uh, it could even create layoffs. And so, you know, that's one thing Jay Powell has said. We've gotten our wages too high, and the only way you can bring down wages is to have a bunch of layoffs and then, you know, hire people back at a lower wage. So it, it's, you know, it's either deal with this inflation or go through uh, somewhat of a recession. So we're, I think we're as a country's trying to figure out what we're going to do. Paul, we did have a kind of a layoff happen on Thursday as the actors have now gone on strike joining writers. Will that have any effect on the economy? Uh, entertainment stock maybe, but not overall. Okay. Uh, I don't think you'll see it. I mean, it'll affect movie theaters. It'll, but I mean, the movies that they, we won't see this effect until six to eight months out. Okay. Because the, we've already got the movies out that we have out. Uh, but it'll, you know, it'll affect some TV shows. And, uh, if they're not already pre-recorded, then yes, we can have some reruns going on as they try to settle this thing out. But um, I'm not so concerned about actors as I am writers. Uh, it's kind of hard to feel sorry for somebody who uh, uh, gets, you know, seven figures per episode or seven figures per um, movie. And, uh, you know, they, they go on strike because they feel like, you know, now I understand them striking for the writers, but... Uh, mm -hmm. Why don't you Why don't you help the writers out by writing them a check instead of going on strike? You know, but good. That's point. a different story. No, that's that, a different, it's a different story. story. And uh, yeah. we are talking with Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. You can reach Paul at seven three one six six four zero zero four seven. So overall, you said you were feeling good. At least what happened on Wall Street this week. Now mm -hmm. I, I'm at, I'm up and going early in the morning, so I kind of briefly look at some of the financial stuff and something hmm. i don't think it i don't think this was a dream i had earlier this week something went down three percentage points this week do you know what that was well it could be it could be a number of things it was something worthy of them talking about on all the big financial shows maybe the inflation or or, or something oh, or you're talking about yeah you're talking you're talking about point yeah inflation has gone down now you got to remember they're talking about uh, they've pulled out food, they've pulled out energy, okay? You throw those back in, inflation hasn't gone down at all, but core inflation overall has gone down. Um, it's not, I'm trying to think how to say it. I had a uh, teacher at Lambeth named Dr. Fault who taught statistics and you can make statistics say any lie you want it to say. Uh, okay. So, but, um, do we, are we seeing inflation going down? Yes. Why is it going down? Well, mainly because people just start, it's not that we have an increase in supply of, of goods and it's in an increased supply of energy. It's people just aren't spending. So, 
that's creating a, a little bit of a surplus. Not much, but a little. And that's why you're seeing these uh, costs go down. But there again, what I'm telling people is point blank, uh, this inflation that we're experiencing right now, it's probably going to be here. I don't think it'll be as here as long as we saw the the unrealistic low interest rates. But we're probably looking at another two to three years of this type of inflation before we see any kind of break. If we want a very, if we want a soft to medium landing. Now, if you want a hard landing, we can have inflation cut in half right now, but then you're looking at a major recession or even a mild depression. So it's how, which medicine do we take? You know, to quote Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar. Well, it's going to take more than a spoonful of sugar if we have a hard landing. So, um, what I'm telling with my clients right now is the, the, the products we have you involved with, uh, the, the one that keeps your floor is doing well. We're starting to see a comeback in the equities. Uh, are we back where we need to be? No, we're still down anywhere from seven and a quarter to 11%, depending on which index you look at. Uh, but we're seeing technology come back. We're seeing um, some of the the staple goods coming back. But we're still dealing with, um, you know, the cost of production, and it's mainly due to wages. And what do you mean by due to wages? Wages being too low? No, wages being too high. Too high. I mean, you okay. know, people – yeah, and I mean that there again. You know, don't get me wrong. I think it's great for people to make the kind of money they're making, but you've got to have a trade-off. You want to make twenty-five bucks an hour, then expect gas to be three to three three dollars to three and a quarter to three seventy-five a gallon. You you know because if you're making twenty-five, then those uh, uh, people drilling for oil are going to be making sixty-five. You know, and it's just it's 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 kind of a domino effect. So if you want higher wages and expect lower costs, then that's not going to happen. It's, you know, one, one wages, minimum wage goes up. It affects all wages. And now the ones, and Paul going to point out, we haven't had a minimum wage hike in a long time. And I'm frankly stunned that that did not happen during the two years that Biden had Democrats in power, well, you, you had a wage, you had a minimum wage hike. It was just falsely created. When you give out $300 a week for unemployment and then you get an additional $300 a week, that's $600 a week, divide that by 40, that's $15 an hour. Okay. okay. But, but isn't the minimum yeah. wage still technically 725 Yeah, Yeah, but you, who's hiring out there at 725 an hour? Nobody. That's what I'm paying you. <laughs> I don't think so, no, but I mean, you know, um, but I mean, we've had a, it was falsely induced, but we've had a, a minimum wage in, increase. Okay. I mean, when you've got companies out here offering 25 bucks an hour plus signing bonuses and they still can't get people signed up, there's a problem. There's a problem. I mean, come on, there's a problem. 
And uh, I've said this before, I'll say it again. It's time for some parents to start kicking some kids out of the basement. You know, um, you remember I telling you I charged my son's rent? Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. believe I got people texting me, how can you do that to your child, all that? Do you know what my son is making? What reason they haven't moved into an apartment is we're looking at apartments in the decent area, decent apartments running anywhere from eighteen hundred to twenty one hundred dollars a month rent. Mm. I mean, you know, that that's more than my house payment. Gosh. And you know, and I'm I'm in a twenty seven hundred square foot house on three acres of land. Yeah. And you know, and so uh, that's just the nature of the beast. So what I sold the boys is point blank. You, you know, you're not going to make the kind of money you're making and live off me free. Paul Hare, Hare Financial Group, 731-664-0047 is how you can get Paul to help you out as he has an insurance and investment agency ready to yes. assist you. Paul, we're about to wind up the month of July. Believe it or not, we're already mm-hmm. kind of at the halfway point, and summertime's almost over, and kids have to go back to school and such. Do you think this has been a good year from a tourism standpoint, the economic impact that people maybe for the first time have splurged this year compared to the last couple of years? Yeah, it has now, but what's interesting is where they're splurging. Uh, you know, Disney's not reporting a very good year. They're not. Um, but, uh, you've got, uh, the Smoky Mountains are doing well. Dollywood's doing okay. Um, you've got, uh, more trips, family oriented trips, not so much to, uh, like Florida and all that, but locally. I mean, you know, uh, I've talked to a friend of mine that has a place to rent in the, uh, he's got two or three that have places to rent in East Tennessee, and he said they're booked all the way through Christmas. And I've asked him, have you seen this before? He said, it's coming back, but I'm getting people who have said, normally we take a trip to the beach, we take a trip here, we take a trip there, but because the cost to do that has gotten so high, they're staying closer to home. Hmm. All right, well, I'm happy to hear that people are getting out there and seeing the South and beyond and spending time and money and having time with family and friends. Yes. It's a, it's a good thing. And maybe just maybe you will, uh, would you fund your entire family vacation since you're charging rent? Do you charge uh, a vacation with your family? No, uh, no. I mean, what I do with my, when we do a family vacation is basically we, uh, we do a trip where we'll pay for the, We'll pay for where we're staying, and uh, we'll buy we'll buy the the food that's at the at the uh, facility, mm-hmm. you know, the the wherever we're staying. And then if we go out to eat, you know, uh, they're gonna pay their bill. I'm gonna pay my my bill, and we go on, you know. And okay. you know, it's amazing, really amazing. They go from that filet mignon to that. Uh, you know, pound steak when they are being told the one that they're going to buy their dinner that night. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how they'll do that. Yeah, so. but, but you love them all. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything in the world for my two sons. There's not a thing I won't do or what I won't sacrifice. Uh, right. But uh, that's just, you know, you got to teach them life skills because if you don't, uh, they're going to wake up at age 40 trying to figure out what in the world's happened to them. 
And hopefully you might mix in a little bit of your life skills knowledge with some of your clients. Again, you can talk to Paul and his number is 731-664-0047. Well, if you are going to go vacation with your family anytime soon, hey, make them get that uh, fancier steak when you're out there. And Paul, always a pleasure talking to you. Paul Hare of the Hare Financial Group. The only thing I ask you when you call me for our first meeting is do three things. One, come with an open mind. Two, give me all the pertinent information. And three, don't bring your checkbook because we're not doing anything the first meeting. We're going to find out where you are, where you want to go, and how you want to get there. Sounds prophetic. Paul, have a good rest of your day. You too. Take care. All right. We will have more of the show. It's all about the South, including financial talk. Wasn't that awesome? We'll be right back with more of the Y'all Show. Stay tuned. Now we'll take you up on that offer. We're back here wrapping up hour two of this Friday edition of discussing all things Southern. And right now we're going to talk about movies that are hitting the theater this weekend. We've got a handful of releases to tell you about, including Joyride. Joyride out this last couple of days. We want to tell you about that one. It's the story of four Chinese American friends as they bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are while they travel through China in search of one of their birth mothers. Debbie Fawn is one of the stars of Joyride, a comedy out right now. It kind of came out toward the end of last week, so we wanted to throw it out here one more time. Also, a, a horror mystery thriller that just came out a couple of days back. Ty Simpkins, Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne star in Insidious, The Red Door. It's a story about the Lamberts. Not Miranda, but the Lamberts must go deeper into the further than ever before to put their demons to rest once and for all. Insidious, the red door, it's in theaters now. Debuting this weekend, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. This is the thriller that's got, of course, Tom Cruise in it. It's also got Ving Rhames and Haley Atwell. Christopher McQuarrie stars or directs this thing. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Tom Cruise starring in this film. Tom Cruise, by the way, I looked him up the other day in his early 60s, but boy, is he looking sharp. In fact, those of you in Atlanta might have had a glimpse of him as he was 
in the ATL earlier this week with a little special preview of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Now, if this has the same success that Top Gun, that remake of Top Gun had last year, yeah, Tom Cruise is on a roll. Definitely. with with, And I think he's got a chance. Now, remember, just last week, the number one movie at the box office was a, a stunner. It was sort of the independently produced Sound of Freedom that's got Jim Caviezel starring there, that story of a government agent turned vigilante who helps rescue children from sex traffickers. That movie was tops at the box office, beating out Indiana Jones last week. So we'll find out after this weekend if Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible movie will outdo Jim Caviezel. But a good couple of movies now for you to choose from, from a comedy to a horror movie and insidious. Then you got the, a really cool true life type film, powerful Jim Caviezel film, Sound of Freedom, and then Tom Cruise back in the box office. Hopefully, Tom, if you're listening, you had a good time in Atlanta. And we look forward to maybe having you come by our special spot of the South, wherever that might be in the near future. It's it's about time that Tom kicks in and does a good Southern movie. Tom Cruise. He's got it going. Remember, the first time, one of his earliest film that I can remember was when he played like a high school football player. I guess he was in Taps. That might have been in his first big role where he had the the lead role. But Tom Cruise back around, was it 1981, 82? I'm going to pull this up before we go to break here because this is going to bother me if I don't get this thing figured out. One of his earliest roles, I remember he was a high school football player in Pennsylvania that was trying to get to college. And the reason I'm even bringing it up is because when the movie's kind of wrapping up, it's either him or all the right moves. That's the one I'm trying to come up with. 1983, the movie, the year that came out. His first film role was 81's Endless Love. And Taps was also in 81 when that came out. But all the right moves. I think it's his character that they're at the end of the movie says that they're going to go play college football at Greenville, South Carolina's own Furman University. That still sticks with me. All these years later. So that's a good thing that Tom Cruise's character was going to go play for the Paladins of Furman in Greenville, South Carolina. Although he should have gone to their arch rival, if you ask me, down in Charleston. That wraps up this hour of the Y'all Show. When we come back, we've got the fun part of our show. The Friday Free For Y'all, David Lee Murphy, and Woody Guthrie music. It's his birthday on this Friday. And I'll let you hear This Land Is Your Land. And we'll have some fun here as we close out this Friday edition. Oh, you know, it's the final hour of the Y'all Show. You know what that means. It's time for us to have a little party going on here. Take it away, David Lee. She couldn't keep from crying When she told me goodbye But I knew the Lord it was breaking her heart That she was breaking mine So for the sake of her feelings and the sake of my pride I told her not to worry about me 
sitting here soaking up the neon lights. Misery looking for some company. And tonight I'm looking for a party crowd. Slamming the back and laughing out loud with the smoke so thick. The blues can't hang around. With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here. Each and every Friday as we kind of wrap up the y'all show for the week right here at the spot, we have our Friday sing-along where we roll that window down, let that summertime breeze flow in our hair, and we put on a big smile on our face. We think about yesteryear and all the good times, and we just sing along like this right here. Please join me. And laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick, the blues can't hang around. It's okay if you sound terrible like I do. Jumping like it just don't care if you're dancing over here. Or fighting over there, I'm making the rounds. And looking for a party crowd. Oh, sing a little louder. Tonight I'm looking for a party crowd. Slamming them back and laughing out loud where the smoke's so thick. The blues can't hang around. Oh, yeah, one more time. With the jukebox jumping like it just don't care if they're dancing over here or fighting over there. I'm making the rounds and looking for a party crowd. Oh, what a way to get the weekend going. Hello, if you're just tuning us in, no, I'm sorry. I didn't intentionally mean to butcher that song. But when given the chance on a Friday like this right here, and this opportunity that we get each and every week, I'm going to sing along to that song because for a lot of us, it puts us in the right mindset. And it is summertime, y'all. Summertime in Dixie. And if you can't hear Dixie on the radio right now, then you might as well hear David Lee Murphy and that song right there from, what, 1994 or so and Party Crowd. Hello! We are glad to have you here as we're wrapping up this week here on what we call the the uh, Friday Free For Y'all, where we do put a little party music on. But then we segue over and have an informative discussion, usually, and then play some more music. We're going to get to that in just a second. Let me tell you here on the Y'all Show, we power this show by y'all.com. It's the South's homepage. 
go there now for some awesome, awesome feature stories that will be relevant to your section of the South. Check it out, y'all.com. Coming up this hour, we've got, in addition to a good song about to be played, and I'll tell you the backstory of the birthday boy behind this song momentarily, we have coming up in hashtag Huddleblue, the best states for business. CNBC has just come out with those states, and I'm going to walk through the best states for business. And guess what? The South's doing pretty dang good when it comes to business. I'll walk through that as part of our hashtag Hubbly, where we have social media stuff sent to us, and we relay it right here on the Y'all Show. So how about that? And then before we get out of here today, a quick look at sports. We've got your information about Wimbledon as that's wrapping up this weekend. And the Big 12 Media Days wrapping up in Arlington, Texas. And Mike Gundy, head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, was at the podium on Thursday, and he talked about Bedlam. And is it coming to an end, the annual Oklahoma-Oklahoma State football game? Surely, to goodness, it won't come to an end after this year, as Oklahoma's going to head off to the Southeastern Conference, and the Pokes are going to stay behind in the Big 12. Mike Gundy didn't hold back while at the podium. I'm going to let you hear some of that in our Southern Sports Update, plus some other sports-related news we'll pass along at that juncture later in the hour. If you want to email us here, we welcome your feedback at the Y'all Show. Our email address is mail at yall.com, mail at y'all.com. Would love to get your feedback and your suggestions, recipe ideas. If you've got something critical to say, we'll happily take all feedback here at the show that truly does shake the Southland. So today in this Friday free for y'all, I'm going to time it up to where I'm going to give you some information on a birthday boy. Today we celebrate the birth of Woodrow Wilson Guthrie. This guy was born when Woodrow Wilson of the South was in the White House. And Woody Guthrie is our featured guy that we're going to be talking about today as part of our Friday Free For Y'all. Woody Guthrie was born not far from Oklahoma City. He was born in Okama, Oklahoma. I hope I didn't butcher that, y'all, there in the Sooner State. Okama or Okama, Oklahoma. That's probably some kind of American Indian word. But Woody Guthrie born July 14th, 1912, just before World War One broke out and grew up there in Okfusky County, Oklahoma, which is kind of in the center portion of the state. He was born there in, as I said, 1912, and I, I, I have to stand corrected. He was named Woodrow Wilson Guthrie after not the president, Woodrow Wilson, but <laughs> Woodrow Wilson, at that time when he was born in July of 1912, was actually the governor of New Jersey and was the candidate for president of the United States, but had not been elected yet. So that was pretty risky of his parents to name him after a guy from, geez, governor of New Jersey? What if he had lost? He'd have to go through life with that name. Hey, Who was Woodrow Wilson, Mr. Guthrie? Oh, some Yankee, but actually Woodrow Wilson was a Southerner or we're going to claim him because he grew up partially in Georgia and South Carolina, I know, and then Virginia too, I think. 
Woody Guthrie was a youngster growing up in this time period of 19, the World War One, early 1920s. It was a tough time, Dust Bowl time in, in Oklahoma. And when he was 14, his mother, Nora, actually got committed to the Oklahoma Hospital for the Insane. And his father was living out of state in Texas at the time. So this guy had a rough childhood in a tough, tough part of the country, the Dust Bowl, Oklahoma area. A 14-year-old Woody Guthrie would work odd jobs, beg for meals, sometimes would sleep at the home of family friends. Along the way, he befriended a black shoeshine boy named George who played blues on his harmonica. And then Woody went out and got his own harmonica and began playing alongside his buddy George and had this great affinity for old school music. And in 1929, when he was 17 years old, he would have gone to Texas to join his father. And it was a young Woody at age 20 that married his first wife. And they ended up, father ended up having three children together. Ultimately, during the Dust Bowl period, Woody would move on to California looking for work. And somewhere along the way, he ran into the right person, Lefty Lou Chrisman, a commercial hillbilly music and traditional folk music performer. And it would just so happen that Woody Guthrie would appear on radio station KFVD, and the rest was history. He would be heard there, and people would like his music. Now, the thing about Woody Guthrie was, if you haven't studied much on his life, is he was a communist, or claimed to be. He claimed in 1936 to sign up with the Communist Party, but he never was a member of the party. He kind of, in a time period where communism was on the rise around the the world, with the Soviet Union and its rise after the fall of World War I. Then the communist movement was going on in Germany when Hitler came to power, and he certainly shut that up. But there were still communist efforts in this country, in Great Britain, and more. And so Woody Guthrie, the Oklahoma cowboy, playing his music, would branch out and, and do sort of a political feel and a political style in a time period where certainly somebody with a communist leaning was not exactly welcome in this country. He went to New York around 1940 and started performing his folk music there. In February of 1940, that's when he wrote his most famous song, This Land is Your Land. It was a response to what he felt was an overplaying of Irving Berlin's God Bless America. Remember, at that time, God Bless America by Kate Smith was a huge, huge song, and she became a, a, a status symbol. In fact, 
Remember, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania had a statue of Kate Smith outside its ballpark. Kate Smith, a great singer from Greenville, Virginia, who we lost her in 1986. But her rendition of uh, God Bless America evidently (laughs) got a lot of airplay, especially back in the 30s and early 40s. And Woody Guthrie wanted to do something about it, so he wrote his own song to counter God Bless America with This Land of Is Your Land. It's one of the United States' most famous folk song. And it's based on a Carter family tune called When the World's on Fire. And I'm not kidding. Guthrie was tired of hearing Kate Smith sing God Bless America on the radio. So he sarcastically came up with this song. And he originally named it God Blessed, B-L-E-S-S-E-D, God Blessed America for me. And then he renamed it This Land is Your Land. (laughs) In 2002, This Land is Your Land was one of the 50 recordings chosen by the Library of Congress to be added to the National Recording Registry. Rolling Stones has it at number 229 on the top 500 greatest songs of all time. A song by Woody Guthrie of Oklahoma who sarcastically wrote this to go against... God bless America. Could you, hard to believe. And a lot of people have covered this song. A lot of people. You've got people in different countries and more. You've got in America alone, Peter, Paul, and Mary recorded it, Bing Crosby. How about Tennessee, Ernie Ford? Even David Carradine. I didn't even know he sang. The late Kung Fu actor recorded this for the soundtrack album of Bound for Glory. This Land is Your Land, a patriotic song, a great song, but I bet you didn't know that it was written kind of sarcastically by a guy who in some ways was a bit sarcastic with the country after the tough life he had growing up in Oklahoma as a child and and then going through the Depression, the Dust Bowl, World War II, and and to Woody Guthrie's credit, he served in World War II as he was in both the United States Merchant Marine Service and in the U.S. Army, serving from 1943 to 1945. Woody Guthrie, a veteran, but would end up having songs, the folk-style songs that many people know. And, and was he the original Bob Dylan? I, I guess you could call him that. Guthrie's health declined in the 1940s. He became erratic and, in some cases, schizophrenic. Alcoholism was a part of that. Then he started suffering from something called Huntington's disease, which is a genetic disorder that he inherited from his mother. And he would end up going back to California from New York. His health would worsen as he, unfortunately, suffered from this tough disease for the remainder of his life, Woody Guthrie would die in 1967 in New York City at the age of 55. Woody Guthrie. Today marks his birthday as he was born 
111 years ago today in Okemah, Oklahoma, July 14th, 1912, the date that Woodrow Wilson Guthrie born. And again, he left us quite a repertoire of his folk music. Today, we're going to leave this segment with Woody Guthrie's most famous song, a song that he kind of meant sarcastically, but hey, it was a hit. And it's not easy to write a hit song. And Woody Guthrie did it. Let's take you back. Old recording of this. This land is your land. Woody Guthrie. This land is your land. And this land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. As I went a-walking that ribbon of highway, and I saw above me that endless skyway, I saw below me that golden valley, this land was made for you and me. I roamed and rambled and I followed my footsteps to the sparkling sands of her diamond deserts all around me a voice was a sounding this land was made for you and me there was a big high wall there that tried to stop me the sign was painted said private property but on the back side it didn't say nothing this land was made for you and me When the sun comes shining Then I was strolling And the wheat fields waving And the dust clouds rolling A voice was chanting As the fog was lifting This land was made for you and me This land is your land And this land is my land California to the New York Island, from Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. All right, what do y'all think of that? That Woody Guthrie song, This Land is Your Land a song that he penned way back in 1940. You might have heard some lyrics you might have not heard when you were singing that in grade school, perhaps as a youngster or at a ball game or wherever else you might have heard, This Land is Your Land. But we're happy to play that song from the Oklahoma native, Woody Guthrie, who 111 years ago today was born in Oklahoma. Salute, Woody Guthrie. And We are proud to play that patriotic tune, although, as we told you, he created that as a sarcastic response to God Bless America. (laughs) 
Joke's on you, Woody. <laughs> we'll be right back. We've got more of the Y'all Show when we return. We've got hashtag hullabaloo and a listing of the best states for business, according to CNBC. All that is ahead on the show that shakes the Southland, the land that is your land, made for you and me, y'all. We want to hear you here at Super Talk 93.1 on shows like The Y'all Show, The Patriot Pastor, and The Frankie Lack Show. We've got a text line that you can text us and participate in the program. That number is 731-410-7560. And the Super Talk 93.1 text line is powered by See Me Tree Service. They are a West Tennessee-based company, and they will help you with any of your tree removal problems, tree trimming, tree elevation, pruning, tree topping, stump grinding, and more. They're a small family-owned business that's licensed and insured, and you can call See Me Tree Service for a free estimate. Call them at 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. For all of your tree removal or tree issues going on, give them a call for that free estimate. 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. Powering the Super Talk 93.1 text line. fine picking there y'all welcome back to this the show all about the south here on this friday as we wrap things up john rawl is my name good to have you back here with us on our last hour of this friday edition we turn our attention now to social media and what we call hashtag hello blue this is where we find some really awesome stuff on social media people share it with us we discover it our staff here has a great tendency to find really cool conversational material and we bring it out for all y'all to experience here and someone shared this from cnbc with us that i want to take a few minutes to walk through it is the rankings that cnbc has come out the list of america's best states for business in 2023 how about that and how well is the south doing in terms of the best states for business. CNBC's annual list scores all 50 states on a total of 86 metrics in 10 broad categories, and that makes all the states competitive against each other. And I'm going to tell you how the South did in this listing. The good news, if I could let the bag out of the cat, the South's doing pretty good, <laughs> real good. When it comes to CNBC's list of America's best states for business. So, without further ado, could I have the envelope, please, CNBC? And let's tell you who's on top. 
and who's on the bottom. Is your state on top? It just might be. Because I'm going to tell you right now, a little heads up, at least the top four that are on this list are from the South. At least. And I'm trying to dig up the rest of it here. From CNBC. So your number one state, according to this ranking, and because this is good news, I'm going to start from the top and work myself down. Your number one state, and this was developed, by the way, using metrics in consultation with a diverse array of business and policy experts. The study is not an opinion survey, as CNBC uses data from a variety of sources to measure the state's performance. States have the ability to earn a maximum of 2,500 points. And this was all based on categories of competitiveness to determine America's top states for business this year. I've got the envelope here, so let's get going. The number one state for business in America, according to CNBC, is North Carolina. Congratulations. North Carolina was number one in the country for workforce. They came in at number three in economy and just is a very, very good state to work in. That's why North Carolina is your number one state. North Carolina's neighbor to the north came in at number two, Virginia. Virginia did really well in most all of the different categories. Those categories, workforce, infrastructure, economy, life, health, and inclusion, another category of cost of doing business, business friendliness, education was one of them, access access to capital was one of the criteria, and Virginia finished number two. So a couple of ACC states, North Carolina and Virginia at two. Your number three state. How about you, Tennessee? The volunteer state coming in there, Tennessee finished number three in the country in terms of infrastructure and was number five for total economy. Therefore, when they factor all the different categories, Bill Lee, governor there, should be proud of his state as Tennessee is your number three state in the country for doing business, according to CNBC. Number four, Georgia. Georgia Solidly in that fourth spot, they actually finished first in the country for infrastructure. So good job there, Brian Kemp and company in the state of Georgia. Texas came in at number six. Texas was number two in workforce, number two in economy. They suffered, though, the category life, health, and inclusion. Texas was dead last in the country, number 50. I think it's a good place to be, life, health, inclusion. Come on, they need to go reevaluate this thing. Texas ends up number six. Elsewhere in the South, Florida shows up at number eight in the CNBC breakdown of top states for business. The southern state of Maryland comes in at number 22 on this breakdown. South Carolina comes in at number 27. Missouri is at 32 in this breakdown of states. So there was a considerable jump. Between those first states I told you about, then the rest of the southern states coming in now on the back half of this breakdown of the top states for business from CNBC. The southern state of Kentucky checks in at number 38. Kentucky, the highest category that the Bluegrass State got into, they finished 10th in the country for the cost of doing business. Andy Bashir's Kentucky 
not as high as I'm sure Kentuckians would like to see them. Oklahoma is at number 41 on this breakdown. Number 42 goes to Alabama. Alabama not doing well in many of the categories there. Arkansas checks in at number 44. West Virginia comes in at 46. West Virginia was dead last in the country when it came to workforce. Is it really that tough to get good workers in West Virginia? To West Virginia's credit, they were the number one state in the country on this CNBC breakdown of the cost of doing business. So it's cheap to do business there. They just don't have the workforce. That's why West Virginia, the Mountain State, is number 46 on the listing of the top states for business in 2023. Mississippi checks in at number 48 in the country. Mississippi was dead last in the country in the category of business friendliness. They're friendly people. Mississippi is the hospitality state, for goodness sakes. I don't know how in the world they came up with that. Mississippi might have been number, what, what were they, number 48 in this breakdown, but there was one southern state left that actually finished lower than Mississippi, and that would be their neighbor to the southwest. Louisiana is your number 49 state in the country for America's top states for business. In 2023, Louisiana coming in at number 49. And they didn't do all that good in any category. The best category the Pelican State showed up in was cost of doing business. They were the number seven state in the country for that. The number 50 state in the country for doing business might be a lovely place to be this time of year, but not a good place to do business, according to CNBC. Alaska. So we go from number 50, Alaska, to your number one state in the country for doing business, North Carolina. And kudos again to North Carolina at one, Virginia at two, Tennessee at three, Georgia four, Texas six, Florida eight. Florida eight. I don't think I mentioned Florida earlier. I may have skipped past them. Florida was the number one state in the country for economy. But, yes, that's the breakdown of the southern states again in this listing of the top states for business as told by the people at CNBC. You can take that and run with it however you want to. Even in Alaska, I'm sure it's a good place to do business. But I'd rather do it in Louisiana, number 49, if I had my way. And that is a look at our hashtag hullabaloo for this Friday. Enjoy and go do some business. And I need to tell you as a fellow businessman of the Southeast, it's not easy doing business. It's a risky thing. It is an easy thing to get you a nice job, maybe working at a factory or working for the government, and you just go in and punch the clock and you don't have to worry about it unless you get laid off. That's something to worry about. But essentially, if you can survive and do your job and do it well and your company never downsizes, you don't have that stress of, hey, I think I'm going to go start my own business. I think this sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. Let's risk savings to go out and start a business. It takes guts to be a business person. I know I've done it many times over. I've lost a lot of money in business. I would probably be a lot further along had I not been an entrepreneur. And my payday still hasn't arrived as a businessman, as an entrepreneur. But I'm still in the game. 
I'm still fighting, hoping for that blessing that's going to come, hopefully. <laughs> Everybody hopes for that. So when we look at CNBC data like that, and it doesn't matter where you're located. If you've got a quality product and you believe in it and you keep chopping wood, I say keep on chopping that wood because I think it is going to pay off in the end. You just don't need to get sidetracked by crazy surveys like CNBC and just do business the right way. That's the, that's the main thing there. If you don't tick off customers and you're ethical and you have a good product, then you'll be just fine. CNBC or not. That's, that's my one cent worth of advice here on our hashtag hullabaloo. We're going to wrap this y'all show up as we come right back. We're going to take you to the big 12 media days that was held this week in Arlington, Texas. I'm going to hear from the coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys with a clip from that press conference he had Thursday. And we'll have some other sports news as we wrap up this Y'all Show Thursday edition. Woo! Let's get crazy! In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in too. Just so you know, in real life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in! Come on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. It's y'all. It's Roseanne getting this all set for this final segment on this Friday. Hope y'all have great weekend plans. Should be, for most of you, a wonderful, weather-wise, wonderful weekend going on across Dixie. We sure hope that. If you are out there on the highways and byways, be extra careful, drive safe, and uh, we'll see you back here Monday for all new conversation about how your weekend went and how our weekend went and how all y'all's weekend went. All right, let's wrap up things here in this hour with a little sports update from you as the college football season is now less than not only 60 days away, uh, 60 days away. I think it's uh, more like 45. Are we getting close? As I said the other day, the New York Jets are reporting to training camp for the NFL franchise next week. Next week, NFL teams now start showing up for the 2023 football season. So that that's pretty exciting. And it's also sad that our summertime has essentially kaput. <laughs> but let's start off with some college football news and notes. We're going to hear from Coach Gundy of the Oklahoma State 
Cowboys in just a second. Starting off, though, in our headlines of the Y'all Show, the Georgia Bulldogs in college football making headlines once again for not the best of reasons. Another lawsuit headed, unfortunately, for Georgia's sake, as a former staffer suing the school. This follows that deadly collision that happened in January. A woman who survived that awful fatal car wreck, Victoria Bowles, she's filed a lawsuit after the fatal car wreck that killed a former Georgia Bulldog football player and recruiting staffer Chandler LaCroix back in January, just after the Bulldogs celebrated their national championship. A lawsuit filed earlier in the week against the UGA Athletic Association and the rookie player for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Carter, whom police accuse of racing the SUV being driven by a recruiting staffer when it wrecked. And a lawsuit filed there, an ugly situation. you got two people that have died. The young lady who died had a blood alcohol level that was two and a half times the legal limit in the state of Georgia. The Georgia Athletic Association Thursday in a statement said, we are continuing to review the complaint as plaintiff's counsel elected to share it with the media before sharing with us. Eee, wow. Based on our preliminary review, we dispute its claims and will vigorously defend the Athletic Association's interest in court. But remember, there was an awful car wreck racing there in Athens after a night of fun after a national championship celebration. And it led to two people losing their lives. And now one of those survivors suing the school and Philadelphia Eagles player Jalen Carter also. This week, the Big 12 got together. They had their media days. The SEC gets together this coming week in Nashville. But the Big 12 media days held in Arlington, Texas, where they usually have it there. I I assume this year was also at Jerry World, where it normally is held. Oklahoma State Cowboy coach Jeff Gundy got on the stage. He got questioned about Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam. Did I say Jeff Gundy? I apologize. Mike Gundy on stage talking about Bedlam and is it going to come to an end after the Sooners depart for the greener pastures of the Southeastern Conference? CBS Sports HQ. You can find them on streaming devices. You can find CBS Sports on YouTube. And we're going to go to a clip now where former Notre Dame quarterback Brady Quinn talks about this. We're going to, we're going to also hear from Coach Gundy. Again, this was from Thursday's media event for the Big 12 in Dallas, talking about the Sooners and the Pokes. The Bedlam game is over because Oklahoma chose to leave the Big 12, period. It's got nothing to do with Oklahoma State. So do I like that? No. Do I like that conferences have broken up in the past? No, I don't. But I also know that we have to control what we can control, which is um, conference realignment is there. It's probably still going on. And wherever we all end up and whatever schedule they give us to play, we go play it and do the best we can. Uh, Gundy, just keeping it real there. No more bedlam after this season. So two questions for you, Brady. One, are you upset that this rivalry is over? And two, what are your expectations for Oklahoma State this upcoming season? 
Yeah, the, the first being, yeah, I'm upset. I mean, it's one of the things that makes college football so special is the rivalries in particular, an in-state rivalry like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma fans will tell you, well, it really has been a rivalry. I think they, they've won, what, 91, 19, and 7 all time. So uh, outside of the past two years where they've split uh, the Bedlam game, Oklahoma's largely dominated this in series the entire time. And Oklahoma State fans on the other end, they do have a good point. I mean, the bottom line is Oklahoma made this decision to move the SEC. It makes scheduling what would then be a non-conference game a bit more difficult as some of those non-conference games are scheduled well in advance and especially looking at the difference in conferences and how many conference games you play. Uh, there's, there's a thought out there that maybe the SEC will one day go to nine conference games as well. The Big 12 already plays nine. That really only leaves you three games to, uh, to try to move around. I will say this, if they want to play this rivalry game in their non-conference schedule once the move happens, they can make it happen. We played football through COVID. We had to jump through a lot of hoops during that. So it can happen at some point in time. Uh, I think the, the bigger story in regards to, to Mike Gundy and really the Big 12, and obviously we're kind of glossing over because everyone's expecting Oklahoma State to take a step back, is he's been one of the better college football coaches uh, during the course of his tenure. He's won over 100 games at Oklahoma State. Uh, they've had a longer uh, you know, a streak of, of winning seasons, more so than even Alabama, 17 straight. He's done a phenomenal job. There's a lot of Yes, he has, Brady Quinn. And last year, OSU, Oklahoma State, was 7-6, and six, not the best of years in Stillwater. And I can't believe that – I mean, I don't remember seeing this officially, that the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, Bedlam, was off in the future. I know it's going to be tough to schedule it, but uh, come on. They ought to – come on. They ought to find a way to keep this thing going if – if there's any way possible, because it is great to keep those in-state rivalry games going, as Georgia, Georgia Tech do each year, Kentucky, Louisville, South Carolina, Clemson, and, of course, Florida State and Florida getting together in the Sunshine State each and every year. But good to hear Coach Gundy, and as, as Brady Quinn was saying there, he's done an unbelievably good job in Stillwater, but still can't win the big one when it counts. And that includes Bedlam. I mean, they've only won, what did he say, one of the last two years, but normally OU wins 90% of those games, something like that. Uh, not very good numbers. Elsewhere in sports, before we close it up here on this Friday, you've got Wimbledon going on. You've got the women's championship set for Saturday. Tune in early breakfast at Wimbledon as you've got some very talented ladies hitting the court in the early morning hours. Marquita Vondruzovo. And she is out of the Czech Republic. She's going to be taking on another great tennis lady, Ons Jabur. She's the sixth-ranked player in the world right now. And she's out of Tunisia. And so we're going to have, I think, uh, I'm not aware of either one of these ladies winning a Wimbledon title. So that is what's said on the women's side. For the men, they're still in contention. And so among the players in the semifinals is Djokovic, and you've got also Carlos Alcaraz of Spain still in the semifinal action for the men as their championship will be held Sunday. Major League Baseball came out over the week and announced that their 2024 season is going to all start on the same day, March 28th of next year. All 30 teams playing, and there's going to be several international games. Seoul, South Korea is going to be one game, a set of games played there as well as Mexico City and back in London. This weekend, MLB getting back on the diamond after having a few days off for the All-Star break. Among the fun games going on, the series this weekend, it includes the Dodgers against the Mets. you got the Orioles hosting the Marlins. 
The Cardinals and Nats getting together in St. Louis. Seattle's got Detroit. Kansas City's got Tampa Bay. And Atlanta's got the Southsiders of Chicago coming in for a game, the White Sox and Bravos at Truist Park. And that's a look at some of the baseball series for this weekend. Thank you all so much for tuning in to y'all. We will be back here Monday with an all-new show. It is a pleasure to talk about the South each and every day, and we will do it again. Again, podcasts available on our different options, including y'all.com, the South's homepage. Have a great rest of your day and weekend, y'all. Y'all.